Hey, this is John Legadakis of johnlegadakis.com and I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast. This podcast is a live recording of an interview I do each week with other internet marketers, personal development and business leaders where we talk about how we can better promote our products and services online, get more traffic and make more sales. I hope you get a lot out of today's recording. Hello and welcome to the podcast, everyone. It's great to have you here. Thank you so very much for joining us. Our special guest today is John Hainstock. Thank you for joining us, John. Thanks for having me. Uh, let me tell you all a bit about John Hainstock. He's the uh, co-founder of ZoomShift, which is an online work schedule. And we're going to find out a bit more about that. But before we do that, John, tell us a bit about yourself. So who is John Hainstock? Tell us about where you grew up, what life was like for you, influences you had when you were young. That's an interesting question. I was uh, born in uh, Seoul, South Korea, and adopted at about three months to a family in Burlington, Wisconsin. So all the way on the other side of the world in a tiny little town of about 10,000 people, home of not too much, except for maybe Tony Romo and, uh, and a chocolate factory. So um, I was brought over here three months old and um, raised here in Burlington, uh, which is actually where I currently reside with my family. And as far as influences growing up, you know, for me, I, I had a lot of time out on the country farm. So I'm kind of a farm boy a little bit. My family had sheep and chickens and a number of other kinds of, uh, of animals. And it wasn't their livelihood, but it was something that really kind of shaped who I am today uh, in terms of hard work ethic and just being willing to get my hands dirty with a lot of things. Uh, my dad was a very practical uh, person and and, and like to do everything himself. And so I learned a lot from him. He was probably the biggest influence in my life. Um, he recently passed away, but um, yeah, I would say he, he shaped my life the most in terms of who I've become as a man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so my mom was a music teacher. My, my dad worked for the DNR. And the other aspect of kind of uh, who I am as a person, I think too, is just that was the music aspect from my mom. And so I learned violin and piano when I was very young, three years old. I started learning uh, those instruments. And I got into music later in life because of that and uh, did a lot of things with it uh, in high school and college, just parts of bands and making albums and all that kind of stuff uh, for many years. Um, so that all shaped who I am. And I think because of my mom, it really opened up a lot of things in my creative side, um, which has allowed me to do the work that I do today. So I'd say those two people, parents are so influential. and. Um, have just really influenced my life a lot um, in, in becoming who I am today. Yeah, great, great. Sounds like you had a great upbringing and, and great family. Are there any books or, yeah, yeah, any any books, any people outside, uh, you know, business people maybe that have shaped uh, or personal development uh, that have shaped your thoughts and maybe helped direct you to where you, you are today? Absolutely. Um, the biggest thought leaders that I follow on a regular basis and have kind of shaped my thinking are uh, Jason Fried and, and DHH of Basecamp. And so their work with Getting Real, the book Getting Real, as well as Rework, has really shaped a lot of the ways that I think about business and the ways that I think about how business intersects a little bit with life. So just about everything that they write really resonates well with me. And I don't know exactly why that is, but it, it just does. 
and they've been the most influential in, in all of the, all the things that I've done on the business side. Okay, great. It's, it's interesting. Like I've been exposed to a lot of different thought leaders and th- th- those names in that, that base camp you mentioned, it's, I don't recall it. So it's, it's very interesting. I'm definitely interested to look into to that more. John, tell us, how did you, or what was your first business and how did you get started in that business? So the first real business that I had was um, just a creative design slash um, web design kind of business. It was a graphic design and web design business. It was for myself and I was hired for, I think like maybe 20 bucks an hour to help somebody with their logo or something like that. Um, This was in my college years and I'd set up a sole proprietorship to kind of be able to collect money. Um, not really knowing what I was getting myself into. And so that started when I was pretty young, just starting to learn uh, things about the Adobe Creative Suite. But that was the first business, starting off in mostly in graphic design and a little bit in web design, but just taking those skills and applying them on a freelance basis to people that I knew. And did it grow into what you're doing today or is Zoom? Because I sort of read a bit about the history of it. So you, you've had your own web design business for about maybe about uh, since 2007, if I remember correctly. And yep. then in around 2011, you got involved with 94 Labs. Can you tell us a bit about yep. that and how that led to uh, ZoomShift? Yeah, so 94 Labs was an interesting opportunity to come alongside of other startups. And so at this point, I I wasn't really in the scene, if you will. Um, It was actually still very green in in the area that I lived. So Milwaukee, Wisconsin is the closest uh, major city that I'm near. And so it was still pretty um, new, this whole idea of startups and building businesses online and stuff like that, at least in in terms of how much I'd been exposed to it. And so I had been invited to come up there as a IT project manager, which I had no experience in. I was really just a liaison for uh, the, the boss to be able to interact with the IT people because he didn't want to interact with them. So he'd rather interact with me. Um, so that was what the project management really ended up being. Um, and I was in that role for a very short period of time. And I was kind of scooped up by another part of the organization, which was the incubator for startups. And so what they did is they worked with these, I think there were maybe, there were over 10 startups at that point. They had taken a little bit of seed funding from the main angel investor and were just trying to get their ideas off the ground, everything from um, building a brand and trying to do some outreach and get some traction to actually building their first product. And so I would hop between teams, helping them with various tasks, whether that was marketing related or a little bit of product related. That's actually where I met my business partner, Ben. And he was in the class before um, I had joined the, or the incubator program. So he was in what was considered the accelerator program since he had already graduated. So he was a little bit further along and um, I met him there. I was intrigued by what he was working on and uh, was just able to connect with him and basically work alongside of him, not actually work with him on things at that point, but work alongside of him. And it was because of that relationship that allowed us to, when everything went down with 94 Labs, 94 Labs basically collapsed after the main investor lost a lot of his, his, his funding he was a high frequency trader. And so 
it's a very volatile thing to be involved with. And, and it, it kind of shifted on him a little bit. And um, so he wasn't able to continue with the accelerator incubator program anymore. And because of that, it ended up being basically Ben and myself in this office trying to figure out our next steps. You know, I'd quit my job and come up to Milwaukee so I could try to do this thing. And we didn't really know what we were going to do. And so we ended up pulling together resources and joining forces to to create Tailwind Creative, which was a digital marketing agency that really ended up just focusing on custom web development. But we did that as a way to uh, self-fund our startups. And in this case, it was ZoomShift that we were self-funding. And so that's kind of what led that and started that whole, uh, the trajectory for um, the startup as it is today, as well as what the agency became. That all started back then. And why? Answer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's good. That's great. And so why Zoom shift, John? Uh, you know, there's a lot, I'm sure there's lots of different uh, types of software and uh, there's lots of needs out there in the market. How did you choose ZoomShift? And tell us, and so for, the, for and sorry, and for the benefit of everyone listening, just tell them a bit about what ZoomShift actually is and what it does. Yeah, absolutely. So ZoomShift is employee scheduling and time clock software that's designed for part-time employees. The most common use case that people are familiar with is anybody who works in a restaurant or anybody who knows somebody who works in a restaurant. Um, you have this need of getting your schedule. You have this need of um, managing availability if you're the manager and trying to understand when people can work, distributing it to the staff so they know when they're showing up, and then kind of facilitating things like time off requests, shift swaps, all those kinds of things, punching in and out. So everything basically up to the point of, of payroll, it really kind of facilitates the whole spectrum of those things. So why Zoom Shift? Well, my business partner had started it before I had joined the team, but the the reason why ZoomShift is still going on today and why we're still pretty excited about it is that it's an amazing opportunity to be one of, if not the only piece of software that um, an SNB needs to kind of run their business besides something like QuickBooks or something that actually runs your payroll. So what we love about it is just it covers such a wide, a wide need and a wide um, market. And really anybody with employees, I would say between 15 and, you know, 100 employees is a, is a pretty good candidate for ZoomShift if they're, if they're working with part-time staffers. So the market, as you can imagine, is enormous. And you're working in a B2B space, which is something that we were sold on from the beginning. And you're working on something that is a real need. It's something that people actually struggle with and they are actively looking for a solution for. So when we first started search for employee scheduling software, time clocking software, stuff like that was still pretty active in the very beginning. So you're talking, you know, 2010, 2011, it was still pretty active. Lots of searches, you know, as an internet marketer, you, you probably know the uh, keyword Google keyword tool inside and out. And so we had done a lot of research in the beginning around, are people looking for this? Or do people care? Are they, what, what are they using right now? And so over the years, that number of searches and the number of demand has only just gone up. And so it's pretty, 
it's it's been a fun it's been a really fun one to be a, around and to kind of see it grow and to see the industry as a whole grow so that's that's why we're in it that's why we're we're excited about the possibilities and we think we're just at the uh tip of the iceberg in terms of potential mm. yeah I, I can imagine like you said if you've got a business with 15 to 100 staff managing that and the amount of time the amount of time it would be astronomical it would be a big headache and not just initially managing it but you know people change like people get sick or that something comes up or whatever it is and i had a look on the website and i saw how the software works and it looks it looks really amazing it's i can tell that it would make a huge impact for business owners so and like you said it's more and more in demand so it makes a lot of sense so it's, it's excellent how has it uh, zoom shift changed over the years uh, has it has it changed from the initial concept to what it is today and uh, what some of those changes and how how have you dealt with change over the years yeah it's interesting interesting i, I think so as a whole it hasn't changed too much we've gone through a few iterations of the product, and by iterations, I mean actually rebuilds of the product, trying to take things that we've learned from the customers and how they're using it and try to learn from that and kind of see where it's going, see where the industry is going as a whole so that we can get ahead of it a little bit. Every time we've tried to do that, we've learned a lot, one, but two, we've figured out that the initial product offering was on target, was was where it needed to be. And so... Uh, we're kind of in another iterating or iterative phase right now where we're working on a, another build and we're basically taking what we've learned over the last six years and just refining it. It hasn't really changed all that much. So you still have these core concepts that have stayed the same. Availability doesn't really change too much. Time off doesn't really change too much. Um, how people want to build their schedule hasn't changed too much and how they communicate with their employees hasn't really changed too much. And so that's another appealing thing to me about the whole market is the aspect that things in this industry change uh, very slowly. Like things, you know, adoption is slower, but that also means um, change is slower, which is, which is good for a startup who's just trying to build traction and try to build something that uh, isn't going to get replaced by another competitor in a night and so the actual product itself hasn't changed too much which is kind of cool um when we look at our very first product uh, that we released to this one we still refer to that one sometimes hey remember when we used to do it like that that's actually very similar to what we're doing now we just do it slightly differently um mm -hmm. and so it's it's an interesting thing to see that even over six years the core of it hasn't changed much. A lot of the design has changed. Um, a lot of the way that we handle things like notifications has changed. It's got a little bit more sophisticated. How we distribute the product to the employee side of things has changed since the app market. But overall, problem and solution has not changed much at all. Um, it's really about connecting the employee, the employer, and communicating around the scheduling process around scheduling better you know that, that's really what it's about it's about connecting those two things and so yeah core concepts haven't changed which is great I, mm. I love that it hasn't changed too much yeah and one of the things john that would be really helpful to those that are listening or watching this is your success in getting your product out to market because i think that's one of the biggest i think the biggest challenge is once you have your product and you're ready to take it to market actually getting it out there and, and, and building your client base. So what, uh, what has worked really well 
for you over the years as far as getting Zoom Shift out and, and getting clients? Yeah, so this is an ongoing process that we're trying to learn from, as you uh, probably know as a marketer, it never um, stays static. It's something that you're always constantly trying to do things. The thing that has been consistently good for us over the years, and I wish we could have doubled, tripled down on right from the beginning, was search. Didn't realize how much search would actually play into the leads that we get every single month, but it really has been 80% of where we get our leads right now between that and word of mouth. And so I would say investing in search was a huge aspect of getting the product actually distributed in the early days and it continues to be so today to search. Yeah. And SEO or search engine optimization, marketing, it's changed a lot over the years. Uh, You know, as I, what I see for myself and as I speak to other business leaders and especially those that rely on search, um, you know, it's, it's very different today. You can't sort of just, just get backlinks. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that helps getting backlinks to your site. Uh, for the keywords that you're targeting, but there's, do you find there's a lot more involved to getting good search rankings, uh, i.e., uh, getting reviews and social media following and and interaction there? What what are you finding with search? Having success with search, I should say. Yeah, for us, it was the foundation of of links and then the on page optimization um, for a handful of key pages, and so. When we boil down our actual search strategy, it's really just those two prongs that kind of drive everything. It's the the base of backlinks, whether those are um, keyword specific or if they're just domain specific. And then it's the on-page optimization. And we had actually built a tool when we were starting the agency called Juxio. Uh, It's no longer active, but it was an on-page optimization tool that was very similar to Moz's keyword tool. I don't know if you're familiar with that one at all, but it was very similar to that one. It was just a free tool that we used as an agency to help give advice to people who are starting out with SEO. And so you'd put in your keyword, you put in your URL, it would give you some stuff of list of things to do, basically. And so we use that tool ourselves, and it really helped it really helped a lot, actually, in the early days. But now, like you're saying, things are, are constantly changing in that world. And so the things that we've been experimenting more on that side with have been trying to find good partners for guest blog opportunities. So those have the, the, dual, the, the dual positive aspect of being able to get a link as well as to, if the audience is, is big enough, you also get their click-throughs from... Uh, from that link as well. So the, the traffic that you could receive from them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. So we've been doing a lot more of that lately too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. John, can, tell us, um, can you tell us, share with us one or two maybe success stories of clients that have used zoom shift and how it's helped them with their business? Yeah. Um, I guess a couple that come to mind, big names that come to mind and then small names. One would be Amazon. Amazon has been using Zoom Shift as a stock app solution. Um, they were they brought us in to uh, court them on a, on the idea of being a solution, possibly long term. But they weren't um, they weren't able to make it work with everything that they needed. And so, what was really great about meeting with them 
was that we realized in the early days when we when we first had this opportunity that they weren't going to use us and yet they still are continuing to use us to this day so this has been maybe a few years now that they're still using us <laughs> even though they said in the beginning we're probably not going to use you because we're working with um a, a massive piece of software over here uh but they aren't able to get their stuff together in time so we're going to use you guys and they've loved it they've they've considered it an amazing solution and so that's been a really neat to work with them uh, the other big company that we've worked with on a regular basis is Uber, and that's been a fun one as well. So regardless of how you feel about Uber, they've been a really good company for us to work with. Um, they've, uh, they use ZoomShift to set up new markets. And so they'll go into a market and they'll um, kind of pre-populate the mar market a little bit with drivers. And so they have to kind of actually schedule out drivers until the market picks up and it can kind of take over and do its thing until mm -hmm. demand is there. And so they've been using us now for a few years to do that in new markets. And that's been really a fun one uh, to see as well. And the main way that they use ZoomShift, that's been really kind of interesting to, to see is they use the open shift concept where you set up all the shifts that you need coverage for so instead of scheduling people to these shifts, they just say, hey, we have all these shifts. And then they blast them out to all their drivers. And people can kind of go out and pick up shifts when it's going to work for their, their schedule. Yeah. So that's been a really interesting use case um, to watch. Um, and then I'd say close to home, there's a couple of places in Lake Geneva that have used us. Um, retail spots as well as restaurants and so Lake Geneva is about 15 minutes away from me and it's a, a nice little town for us to go and just kind of hang out as a family and so it's really fun for me to be able to go to these restaurants and to realize that they're using Zoom Shift um, and they're using it actively to schedule their employees it's kind of just a, a really surreal thing when you're in a place and you know that it's kind of helping running their business it's, mm -hmm. it's a really neat thing yeah yeah, that's excellent. Excellent. Now, and I'm sure I mean, they're, they're fantastic success stories and, and massive clients you're working with. John, can you share with us what's the biggest or one of some of the biggest mistakes that you've, that you've made along the way that you've really learned from? Yeah, a couple of things, a lot of things, <laughs> but a couple of things come to mind. One, when we're going through these building phases in the past, we haven't done those gracefully sometimes. We've um, happy and comfortable. So by that, I mean, you know, we've designed and redesigned ZoomShift a few times now. And so during that process, we've literally just flipped a switch a couple of times on people. And it's really thrown them off. We've, um, anytime you change something for, for anyone, nobody likes it, which that's, that's fine. And that's, I wouldn't say change is a mistake, but I think the way that we handled it in the past was not good. Uh, our communication was poor in that we didn't give people a chance to adjust and we took things away, which we learned. We don't want to take things away. We only want to add to them. So that was a big mistake uh, and it cost us some accounts in the early days, but we learned from that and we're, we're trying to do a better job of that this time around for sure. The other thing I would say is that we didn't focus on the growth side, the marketing side of things early enough in tandem. You know, if you look at those two engines and product and growth and being basically 50% on each, 
we've basically swung like a pendulum started with products and then we go over to the growth side and try to hammer on growth and we come back to the product side instead of doing them together and that 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 was something that i wish we would have learned in that first time that we started doing some shift in that in that room right where we were hanging out together and we were trying to figure out this whole thing out is to start right then okay let, let's explore marketing let's let's explore growth and traction at the exact same time that we start building this product and do it alongside of each other and learn from them together uh, that's something that we're doing a little bit better now of but it was just really hard for us we hit we swung like a pendulum and because of that it causes a lot of anxiety causes a lot of stress in the business and you're also not getting a lot of traction because while you're working on the product, nothing on the growth side is happening. Um, or while you're working on the growth side, the product isn't getting any better. So we need to be better about that today. And I wish we would have had that lesson earlier on. Those are those are a couple big mistakes that I think could have changed the the course of our business a bit. And yeah, I wish we would have we would have known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's some, there's some great insights, John. I really appreciate you sharing those. And I really appreciate the, the time, actually, the whole time you spent with us today and talking to us about the, the things that you've learned. I, I've, I've gotten a lot out of it. I know our listeners have. Is there any final thoughts you had for us, John? Yeah, I think if you're starting today, if this is your first um, endeavor into product, especially if you're getting into software as a service, I would say just be prepared for a longer journey than maybe what you're thinking and to try to shape the business based on that. So to think of it as a marathon and not a sprint, um, I think will keep better expectations in your mind and help you stay sane while you're doing it. A aspect of running a startup is just staying sane and trying to basically not let stress overcome you. Uh, so I would say just set proper expectations uh, work hard, but but also build in rest and build in time that you're going to be able to recharge. And so you're able to continue for the long haul. That's what I would say to anybody who's who's really considering doing their own thing. Great. Thank you so much, John. John, uh, for anyone that wants to reach out to you or learn more about ZoomShift, the website uh, for everyone listening, it's zoomshift.com. That's the best, that's the best place, John? Best place for sure to learn about ZoomShift. You want to connect with me, I'm on Twitter at John Hainstock, J-O-N-H-A-I-N-S-T-O-C-K. Um, and pretty much everywhere on the web, there. If you have to, to answer any questions or just to connect, it'd be great. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Again, thank you so very much. Uh, we've been have with us today John Hainstock of ZoomShift. And I want to thank everyone as well for being here and listening today. Thanks for having me. Hey, John Legadakis here. If you got something out of today's podcast episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast as each week I'm doing more of these valuable interviews. Also, share it with your friends. Now, if you want to get in contact with me, you can do so anytime through my website, johnlegadakis.com. There's also a lot of great free resources there to help you to get more traffic and leads for your business. This is John Legadakis signing off. I'll see you all next time.